Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I'm back. Yes, thank you very much to everyone that reached out to me last week. I've been going through some rough times, and I appreciate all of your support. But it's time to get into the news. First up on today's docket, I just want to kind of take a moment to thank everyone that reached out to me. I got a lot of emails, messages on the Xbox server, tweets, uh, just about everywhere. Someone reached out to me in the Discord on private messages and let me know that I'm not alone in my my troubled times. Uh, I'm suffering just like everyone else and everyone else, or not everyone, but a lot of people are going through the exact same thing that I'm going through. And it was reassuring to know that there are out there are people out there that understand what I'm going through. And I wanted to thank everyone who did reach out to me to let me know that, uh, you know, it's it's one thing at a time. You just have to kind of roll with the punches. And they're offered a lot of help. Uh, in fact, a lot of people just donated uh, funds to me just to help out with the costs. Um, I plan on using that to to take care of some of the bills that we accrued uh, with with my cat passing and uh, wanted to thank everyone for for their kind words. Um, Miley was a, a really big part of my family and it's still still apparent that she's not with us anymore. but everything that everyone told me and everyone that everything or everyone said something that meant something to me that helped me uh, to, to kind of accept that. It's, it's not going to change how I feel, but it's going to let me know that people care that I'm doing okay. And that has actually afforded me the, the mental uh, capacity to, to be able to, to help take care of my wife. So I'm not constantly feeling bad. I had a couple streams this last week and I got to sail with some friends that really kind of took me out of my misery and uh, brought me back to, to an area where I know I'm loved and I had some fun uh, in that time. So I, I really wanted to thank uh, Scruffy Beard and uh, Balzonia and, and just Anyone, you know, Evil Monkey, I I had TM Professor, I had a lot of um, people reach out to me uh, just to let me know that they, they really care that I'm doing okay and that they wanted to let me know that they, they're, they're hoping for the best for me. And it's not lost on me. And I just wanted to thank everyone again for that because I, I wanted to do an episode last week. I wanted to be able to talk about what I about what was going on, and I wanted to have time to be able to finish the 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 Sea of Thieves book so that I could actually do the spoiler cast uh, tonight. Um, unfortunately, with everything going on, that took time, and I didn't get a chance to finish that book. So. With the time off that I have this coming week, I'm going to sit in the living room away from my computer and actually read that. And just uh, it's even going to be tough there because the PS4 is sitting right there and I got a bunch of games to play there too. But uh, because I don't really have much of a Christmas, I've, we've never really done much for Christmas, um, I'm going to use the time off to, to focus on kind of what's going on and what the future of Keelhauled will be. Uh, so I wanted to give you guys kind of an update since a lot of you have been listening faithfully for a very long time. So going into 2019, uh, I want to start building Keelhauled out uh, to, to start stretching into different other or different things. Um, I want to make sure that I'm 
keeping focus on uh, the news and experiences in the game because I think that's what everyone really kind of enjoys the most of. They like getting the uh, up-to-date news about what's going on as well as the stories that come from the sea uh, itself. But with that being said, I want to also make sure that people who want to know what else is going on in the, in the, in the pirate genre of games aren't missing out on something. So with that, I want to make sure that everyone knows kind of small tidbits of what's going on with other pirate games like Atlas and Skull and Bones. Um, it's predominantly going to be a Sea of Thieves podcast, always. That's always going to be the thing. But I also want to touch base on some of the other games uh, as far as kind of when they're coming out, how the impressions are, not necessarily diving deep into them until they start becoming more popular or enough of the communities interested in them to uh, warrant covering the actual updates for them. Uh, that being said, I'm also going to be trying to focus more on YouTube content. I want to try and get uh, videos out that cover some of the stuff going on and see if I can build up some more of that subscriber base there. The reason I say this is solely to do with uh, finances. I, I'm working part-time. I would love to be able to stream full-time, that is a very rough thing to do. Uh, I've been streaming for over a year, and without a set schedule, without a, a variety streaming, it is very difficult to get into that um, kind of part, or get into that point where you can actually su support yourself uh, on that. So with this being a hobby, uh, I'm looking to see about getting sponsors or at least doing some ads. Uh, I know that's something that I, I haven't wanted to do, but that's something that if I'm going to be able to focus more time on this, I need to be able to justify it uh, to my wife, uh, mostly, because uh, it's something that I would do for free for the rest of the time. But if I'm going to dedicate more time to that, then I need to uh, have some way to compensate my time for work. And that's tough to do without coming to some sort of sponsors. Um, but if that's something that I do, that's something that I want to try and cater to you guys. Uh, cause you're the, you're the important part of this. Um, I can cover the news all by myself every day without anyone caring, you know, wh whether or not there's ads or not. But if, if you have to hear ads, uh, I want you to hear ads from me and I want you to hear ads from someone that I would personally sponsor uh recommend someone that i that i believe would be a good sponsor so that's kind of end goal for 2019 um i if there's something that you guys uh, you guys have all come out and always had some great recommendations as far as focusing on different things uh and some of those i'm going to be implementing plus i want to look into doing some segments uh with people to see about branching out and doing different content as well too um that's it as far as uh, kind of where we're going. Um, the main focus, obviously, is always going to be Sea of Thieves. So if there is some news that is uh, more precedent uh, in another game, it will always take second place to Sea of Thieves news, regardless of how little news there may be during any given time in the Sea of Thieves content. You will always hear Sea of Thieves content first. And then if anything comes up that's worth talking about afterwards, then you guys will get that as well, too. And spoilers and stuff are always going to be kept at the end of the show. That way, if you're listening, you at least get the gist of everything up until the point where you don't want to be spoiled, at which point you can always turn off the podcast and switch over. And then I'll probably be doing 
more spoiler content on the uh, on YouTube, and that way it's a little less uh, subjected to people who are listening who don't want to have to hear that. And I think that's going to do it uh, for for the first segment. <laughs> So next item on today's docket, let's talk about some of the news of this last developer update. So the last dev update was fairly simple. Uh, we didn't get a whole lot of new information, but we did get kind of a, a roundup, kind of a, a year in closing from Joe. It was a 22 minute long video, and we actually got a uh, preview for a video that, or not a preview, but we actually got another video that kind of goes into Joe talking at a conference about what Sea of Thieves was in its inception and then how it's evolved over time. And I just want to uh, thank Joe for, for having that recorded, for them posting it and giving it to us because it was really beautiful to actually see kind of the, 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 the inception of what Sea of Thieves was and then how it turned into what it's turned over or turned into now. And it's really amazing. Uh, the, the developer video basically went into uh, covering all the different things that we got this year in kind of a, a closing ceremony for what what the last year has been like for Sea of Thieves. And I have to say, it's been really amazing. Uh, I've really loved just all the stuff that's been going on with this, this everything that we got, basically, you know. It started out with a very rough launch. And unfortunately, that was something that a lot of reviewers took to heart. Uh, a lot of reviewers played it. They played it solo, and they didn't play it with friends on a galleon. Uh, they didn't really get a chance to experience all the different things, and they typically just saw the 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 actual gameplay mechanics and not the the reason behind those gameplay mechanics. So, as Joe talked about in the video, a lot of the game industry is based around reviews. Uh, critics are the ones that decide whether or not a game is worth picking up or not. And in fact, I'll go into that uh, later on in the show when I talk about Atlas. And it's interesting to see that a game like Sea of Thieves, which breaks so many concepts of what we typically expect from a game to uh, that, that it would be reviewed poorly uh, in some instances where people are saying that it's not that good, that it's a good foundation, but it's not a full game. Because it is a full game. Uh, it is one of those things where what we had was uh, a, the, the birth of piracy. And this is something that I think Mike Chapman has always kind of championed. And it's been such a concept to me that uh, they wanted to build a pirate game, but they wanted to build a pirate game at its infancy and work up from there. And that's exactly what we've got. Now, server issues and scaling problems aside, authentication issues and delays and rewards, those were all things that unfortunately just come with development. Uh, you can't really build a game nowadays and not expect it to have a day one patch. And it's almost impossible to build a multiplayer online game that doesn't have issues. And case in point, look at uh, Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers right now has had a really rough start with its online, which is something that people are paying for at this point. And in fact, Sea of Thieves is one of those few games where I can actually sit there and say that I have not spent a penny in the plus thousand some hours that I've that I've played in it to to continue playing it essentially I paid my $60 when I bought it uh, back in uh, when at launch and ever since then 
I've wanted to give Rare money. In fact, I've given Rare money on multiple occasions uh, just through buying merchandise because the only place you can actually buy merchandise for this game is the little Kotaku figure from GameStop and from their, their store in England. So a lot of it has to get shipped over from the UK. So that being said, um, it's amazing to me that I've been able to play this game. And unfortunately, there was an app that came out for the Xbox that showed players how much time they had spent on what games and what games were uh, most popular in in the Xbox family, you know, who played what and how much you played of it. And a lot of people were posting a lot of different figures, you know, 100, uh, 800, 1,000, 1,300, I think 1,600 was, uh, or 15, 15 to 1,600 was the highest number I've seen. And it doesn't count PC play, unfortunately. So there's there's always this looming figure of just how much time have I spent actually playing Sea of Thieves. Now, if I go onto some some uh, streaming websites, it'll show that I've only streamed about 200 hours of Sea of Thieves gameplay, which I can tell you right now is a fraction of what I've actually played because I know for a fact that I've played at least. Uh, two to three hundred hours every month if not more and it's just one of those things that I wish I had the opportunity to see that many hours but looking at this game uh, reviewers rated it moderate to or, you know they rated it okay some were bad some were good and most were in the middle because they didn't say that there was enough content and looking at the beginning of the game at its infancy, it's apparent that the first thing that you should be doing is learning how to sail, how to find treasure, how to kill skeletons, how to capture animals. Focus on that and don't be so overcome with what else is in the world until you get to a point where you feel strong enough to do so. And as the game progressed, as the game grew, it became more stable, we got more content, and we had more threats in the world that actually brought us to different areas, that brought us to different creatures, that forced us to deal with uh, new uh, threats out in the seas as well as uh, out in different islands. So with all of that being said, it's amazing to see uh, how this game has grown over the last 9 to 11 months, uh, starting with the beta tests that were finally out of an NDA, all the way up until Shrouded Spoils with the Gilded Voyages and uh, the, the fog and the increased threats. Some of the best moments in this game have been brought to us by content drops, all of which have always been free. And in fact, a lot of people have been asking for pets thinking that the pets were going to be free. And I just want to take a moment to kind of reiterate that as far as we know, pets were still the monetary gain for microtransactions that Sea of Thieves had planned to implement back in June of last year. And this was something that they've pushed off. And I'm glad that they're taking their time with it because it's something that I don't want them to kind of put together quickly so that when they do come out, if they are still a microtransaction, that it is something worth actually picking up. And a lot of people have said that they want these. A lot of people have said that they want this, that they want fishing, that they want duels, uh, that they want bigger ships. There's a multitude of things that I think a lot of people still have on their wish list. And a lot of this stuff is stuff that we haven't 
seen them uh, give any teases about, but it's stuff that they've said are uh, good ideas or coming. Uh, not all of it has been confirmed, but we do know that a fair amount of this is stuff that is either been in data mines or stuff that is uh, uh, talked about that we know will, will eventually be coming. Ironically enough, the one thing that has never been data mined is anything regarding phishing, which I think is the one thing that I think a lot of people have been asking since uh, before the, the game actually got released. And I tend to tease uh, the devs online a lot about it, even though I'm pretty uh, pretty yes or no about it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good without it. I actually enjoy the game regardless. So it's fun to, to kind of see how people react when there's any kind of question about what could be coming. Is it going to be pets is it going to be fishing i've thought for a long time that we we're going to be getting fishing back in august and september with uh the devil's roar and was really surprised when i found out that that actually wasn't the case but we did get a lot this year and in fact we got almost every single one of the updates uh, back in may they gave a roadmap and it was an ambitious roadmap one that i didn't think they really could actually pull off. Uh, and, and in hindsight, I, I think they saw that it was uh, a lot to take on. And in fact, some of the things that they were pushing themselves to do to kind of justify uh, their, their being content in the game was uh, pushed out so that it could be quality over quantity. But the fact that we got the Hungering Deep, uh, not sh shortly after, uh, I believe it was two months, almost two months to the day, after the game was released, that actually introduced our first major threat. And if you think back how interesting that was, because back then we didn't have alliances. We had to trust other players to help us out. And we needed other players. We needed five people. And that was kind of the inception of getting out there and actually talking with other pirates instead of actually just firing first. Because in the beginning of the game, we had a lot of people jump on just to check out Sea of Thieves. And a majority of them just wanted to go out and fire cannons and be a pirate. And while that's all well and good, we Hungering Deep was designed to focus our attention on something other than each other so that we could actually have an interesting fight. And it was quite the epic fight. We actually went out with uh, more than five people, or no, excuse me, with five people, and we had to hold a song. We had to be able to take a song from Sharkbait Cove and sail east, way out just past Thieves Haven, to be able to summon the Ancient One, the, the Hungering One. And it was quite the epic fight, because... At that time, we really didn't need a whole lot of supplies. Uh, most of our supplies were, were put towards going to a skeleton fort because at the time, when you wanted to take a skeleton fort, that was the thing to do in the game. That was where you were going to get the most gold from actually uh, defeating the, the fort and taking it. So a lot of people would go out there and they were highly contested. That's actually now the case as well, too. The difference being is, is that we could only hold 300 cannonballs, 100 planks, and 100 bananas, which really kind of put a hamper on long-term fights. And the respawn distance was very short at that point. You could pretty much lose a ship and then get back to the fight fairly quickly, and that definitely put a lot of strain on the team that had actually won. Um, but with the Hungering Deep... We found ourselves talking with other pirates, enjoying each other's company, and working together for a common goal. And with a small fetch quest that took us around the, uh, the world, we visited different journals to unlock information about where the Hungering One could be from Merrick, who was drunk on Sharkbait Cove for quite a while, in fact a full week. 
Once talking to him, he let us know what to do and gave us a drum as well as a speaking trumpet and some uh, the, the, the figurehead after we had beaten it. And the fight out there was epic. In fact, it was so epic that I had a really good time uh, with another galleon crew to the point where we decided to give them a 20-gun salute off into the uh, the sunset as they sailed away back to Merrick to uh, turn in their, their ill-gotten gains of killing the Meg and uh, taking their, their figurehead and wearing it proudly with the shark, uh, shark bite um, uh, uh, sails and liveries. And that took us all the way until Skeleton Thrones, which was our first Bilge Rat adventure and probably the least interesting, but one of the few that still kind of iterated that they wanted us to work with other crews, something that I think a lot of us really didn't quite enjoy because if you came late to the game in the second week of the actual event, there weren't many crews out there looking to do it because most of them tried to get it done within the first week. And that kind of hindered a lot of the reason why people wanted to do the Bilge Rat adventures in the second week, and it made it a lot harder for crews to find other friendly crews who would help them. So a lot of the uh, Bilge Rat adventures went on, and it wasn't until we actually did the uh, Skeleton Kegs, which I believe was the second one that gave us uh, doubloons and doubloons are probably still the the best currency the best thing that has ever been added to sea of thieves it's still the one thing that i think people can use without fear of uh, not having to purchase currency or purchase uh, get gold if you're not good at getting gold and you can't hold on to treasure or steal it from someone else for any reason you are not locked out of being able to get the cosmetics the limited time cosmetics from the bilge rat companies uh, you can still go out and do some of the pve stuff to get doubloons to be able to uh, purchase those those items. And I think doubloons giving you the ability to boost your levels, uh, one full level for 40 doubloons is still one of the best things this game has ever introduced because it gives you another outlet to be able to get to Pirate Legend faster. But things have gotten a lot easier. As we moved on to mermaid statues and eventually into cursed sails, we found ourselves fighting skeleton ships. And this was a hotly contested update because, or uh, con contested? I think that's the wrong word. Anyway. It was definitely uh, one of those things that a lot of people wanted to go out and do. And the problem was, is that they were based around time. And that was something that I think Rare really realized was a bad idea, something that they didn't want to implement for future updates because trying to restrict people to uh, times to compete against different ships I think was more a technical limitation on the actual game as opposed to a design concept. Uh, I think they could only have so much going on on the server at a time, which is why we didn't have roaming ships for a while. With that being said, a lot of people spoke up and said that the uh, ship rotation times were terrible and that we needed something to be able to get to certain seas during certain times to be able to compete against them. And there were times where a lot of people were frustrated for actually finding the ships, almost being done with them, but having the timer kick over to a different area and losing out on the entire five ship wave with all that time spent. 
So it was also one of the few times where we realized the limitations of our supplies. Um, It really put a strain on our game time. It really demanded you to go out and collect a lot of different planks and cannonballs and bananas and get really prepped for this long, arduous, very testing fight. Five waves of galleons with uh, cursed ships was a tough thing to, to, to do, and a lot of people resorted to multiple types of tactics to be able to get these curse ships down, whether it was a, uh, a chest of sorrows or throwing bucket onto or buckets of water onto the hull when it was uh, low in the water already, or even just kind of killing the, uh, the skeletons on board and uh, forcing them into uh, rocks as, as they were coming. Sometimes with the hungering deep out in the world, you'd get lucky and you would actually have the, the Meg come in and actually start attacking the, go- the, the cursed crews. More often than not, you would actually get attacked by the Meg yourself and would sink. And with some of the cursed cannonballs and two ships circling around you, a lot of crew sank uh, very shortly after going into battle because of a a bad uh, string of cursed cannonballs and a couple holes and knocking you off your ship or causing you to be slept or, or dance for too long. So... As we kind of rounded the end of August, we started going into Curse Cruise, and that brought out the Reaper's Mark. And the Reaper's Mark is an interesting thing because I don't know that it actually does what a lot of Rare what Rare wanted, which was to incite PvP, to uh, throw up the flag and say, hey, I want to be attacked. Instead, I feel like they forced a lot of people who wanted the doubloons to be able to get levels to wear a mark while trying to PvE and draw even more attention to them by people who wanted to go out and get cursed cannonball shots on those ships. And if you're shooting cursed cannonballs on ships, you might as well sink uh, sink them and take whatever treasure they had. And I think that frustrated a lot of the PvE community out there that just wanted to try and get these done. I know myself, I've still yet to actually complete the commendation to complete certain number of voyages under the, the Curse Cruise uh, or under the Reaper's Mark just because it's it's more of a hassle to me to remember to actually put it up before I put a, an actual voyage down. And doing level 50 voyages uh, with the Reaper's Mark is still a long time to complete uh, compared to doing some of the lower level voyages. And there's less incentive for me to do it since I still have a bank of uh, doubloons at this moment. And that takes us to the Devil's Roar. In fact, the Devil's Roar is probably one of the solid, it was actually, so this being the third and longest lead time for a content update, it really shows just how much we can expect from one update, given the amount of time that they had for it. With the Devil's Roar, we got an entire new area tacked on to the east side of uh, Sea of Thieves map, and it completely adjusted everything, and now acts as its own kind of quote-unquote hard mode. Uh, It's not really a hard mode, but for the sake of of compared to the original Sea of Thieves, it was, uh, at least until Shrouded Spoils. But with the Devil's Roar, we got something that we had never seen before, which was uh, threats in the environment. Now, as it is, a lot of the islands right now only have certain types of threats, Uh, and they're they're some of the worst threats in the world, like gunpowder skeletons and snakes, but they're never anything that can sink your ship. Or, well, I guess a gunpowder skeleton could if you're close enough, but the the volcanoes and the boiling water really kind of took environments to a, a new level. They really kind of showed us just what Sea of Thieves can offer us from an environment perspective that we weren't getting from just a traditional world. You know, you can always kind of sail around the world, and sometimes you would have to worry about stuff on the sea, but the islands were always kind of a safe haven. This changed everything. 
And it definitely caused you to be a lot more cautious and aware of your surroundings because geysers were always blowing up and taking skeletons and you out of the out of the world and sending you to the ferry. But this also brought with it a lot of big uh, changes in this in the way that we can expect content from Rare. We got something that was solo based uh, or, or something that you could do solo. It didn't require anyone to be with you. You could just complete the voyages like normal and earn credit for the voyages to get the doubloons. And all you had to do was explore around the world as well too. One of the other nice things was that a lot of the uh, doubloons were going towards two different livery sets, uh, sets that were available to you through uh, Duke the, the Dark Lord and uh, the cosmetic sets to go with those liveries. And that was really great as well. But the biggest part of this really kind of tapped into the lore of Sea Thieves, giving us more information about who the people on these islands are and what their connection to each other is. And that's when we got Captain Morrow and Stitcher Jim and the original crew uh, that sailed around there, the two ships in their fleet, as they, they went around to gather treasure from the Devil's Roar. And we started to learn a little bit more about maybe some of the mysterious path uh, or, or past behind uh, the the, the I guess I can't really talk about that yet. I'll, I'll have to wait for the uh, the spoiler for the book, but to talk more about like the gold hoarder and the pirate lord and, and their connection to the Sea of Thieves as well as the ferrymen. So with the Devil's Roar, we finally got to see some of the different changes going in as far as like what they can introduce to influence us with uh, some of the different trade companies. All of the rewards in Devil's Roar aside from uh, cursed chests are now increased in value. It's a lot more dangerous to get them, but you get a lot better reward out of them, whether it be any of the major uh, merchants, uh, including the, the Merchant Alliance, which offered us cargo runs. To this day, I still feel like cargo runs are subpar to finding chickens and pigs and snakes. I think that those are a lot more valuable and can garner a lot more gold out of them for less effort. I, I think there's less likelihood that you can run into a problem getting cargo uh, in one piece to another area with the the, the bottles and with the, the plants and having to have water below deck or being able to remember to, to toss water on them and not on the silk. I definitely feel like the pigs and chickens and snakes, while a lot of people were tired of doing that, are still the, the most lucrative. So it's still one of those things where I'm wondering if cargo runs are a net gain uh, compared to the traditional Merchant Alliance. That being said, it's a lot easier to get Merchant Alliance rep now thanks to the Shrouded Spoils. So moving on past Shrouded, uh, moving on past the Devil's Roar update, we actually got uh, the the uh, Halloween update, which gave us the Lanterns, which I think is one of the few updates to the game that was really kind of, uh, it was fun. It was Skeleton Thrones 2.0 in my opinion. And it's one of the few things that I think um, a lot of people are, are like it wasn't too bad, but it was definitely one of those things where we were kind of scratching our head as to why cursed or uh, crooked masts is still an island that no one has taken out. Uh, that island needs to disappear, people. It has snakes. It has skeletons. It has large drops. It's jagged. It's hard to approach. And there was a, 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 a torch up there that you had to light. And you had to light it by shooting yourself up there. And it was almost impossible to actually get all the way up there. 
Why is this island still in the game? Why haven't we blown this island to smithereens? We don't need it. It's okay. We can get rid of that island. We have Sunken Grove. It's perfect. It's a great island. We can get rid of Crooked Masts. Let's, let's, let's kind of work together. Maybe see if we can do something that we can actually get rid of Crooked Masts. What do you think? Is that good? I mean, Shipwreck Bay is rough enough as it is. Why not go to, to Crooked Masts and just get rid of it altogether? Anyway, I'm, I'm kind of venting a little bit much about that. But uh, as we got closer and closer to November, uh, we, we got to find out a little bit more about our next update. And that was actually the update that was taking care of a lot of the concerns that the community had. And it's interesting because this is one of those times where most companies will always be working on something that they want to work on. They'll always have ideas and plans that are set in motion and it's and it's interesting to see a company actually take uh, take take what the community wants and start applying that in a patch. And this is this is not a lore patch by any means. In fact, just the opposite. It took a lot of the stuff that we already have in the world and just ramped it up. In fact, they increased all of the skeleton forts to make sure that there was uh, all of all nine of them were active, and put them on a five minute timer once they're completed which really gave you the ability to kind of jump in at any time and try a fort. And if it was too tough or if it was too highly contested, then you can actually go jump servers and get into a completely different one, which is, is nice because at least you know that there's going to be a skeleton fort pretty quick uh, if, it's, if there's not one up already. It also gave us cursed sailed ships that were sloops out on the cursed sail, so it's a little bit easier to, to take those out if you're in a smaller ship. And it also gave us different types of megalodons, ones to hunt. And in fact, it gave us the, the white whale of Sea of Thieves, our, our uh, white megalodon, which is the ghost megalodon, and still one of the hardest to find and actually kill. There's been a lot of people that say that it spawns in the fog. There's been a lot of people that, say, that say that you have to go out to the Devil's Roar after having a bunch of loot on your ship, and you have to kind of, you know, turn around three times, uh, you know, stomp your feet, and then spit on, the, on your right shoulder. I don't know how much of this is all true, but it definitely gave us a little bit more variety in what to do. And the frequency updated uh, itself a lot too. So the the Kraken's back in since uh, since then and, and has kind of been scaled now. So it will uh, be good for, for sloops and for galleons and for brigantines. We got a whole nother ship in Curse Sails that I just blew over. I didn't even bother to mention that. But needless to say, there's been a lot that's come out for this game. And... To think about what 2019 is going to hold in store is going to be amazing. Uh, and we know right now that the arena is going to be great. And we know that pets are coming. And we th we know that a revamp to the quest system is coming with the uh, update after the arena. And that that will afford Rare to be able to go out and actually put in new voyages, uh, kind of piecing them together. But that's, that's just what we know so far. And there's a lot of stuff that I think a lot of people still want, which is good. I, I, I can't say that uh, there's been a, a game where I've played it that a lot of people have sat there and said that they want this, they want this, they want this, and they want this. And then Rare gives them those things. And then they say, that's great. Thank you very much. We love it. But we still have this, 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 and this that we're looking forward to. And that's not even including just like the biomes. That's just talking about like weapons, ships, shanties, pets, cosmetics, 
different things to do at Pirate Legend, different things to do at Athena 10, different things to do within the actual environments and different threats to find on all the, all, all the different islands as well too. It's been amazing to see just how this game started out with a lot of people saying that there was nothing to do when the realization that this game is everything that you could possibly want from a sandbox game. This is the the quintessential pirate sandbox game. And I don't think anything's ever going to make this game anything better uh, that that Rare hasn't already thought of or isn't isn't planning on implementing on behalf of the community. And I wanted to thank the community for just being so awesome and supportive and recognizing that everything that that, uh, that we do or say in the game is taken note of by CFE, by CFEs, by the Rare team. They see it. They put people in the game. They put players' uh, commem- commemorations out into the game. Um, there's going to be stuff out there that that you know will will kind of thank some of the the, the community for being creative, and it's kind of cool to see that. So. Keep giving your ideas. Keep telling Rare what you want. Keep telling Rare what you like, and keep letting Rare know what would be crit- you know what would be good uh, for them to work on. I know a lot of people were upset about the barrels, and we were critical about it, but we got fixes in the end that actually gave us the ability to uh, to to know that this is a better system. And had that system been in place at the beginning of the game, no one would have had any problems with it because they would have already been adapted to it. <laughs> pirates next up on today's docket let's get into the captain's log so gilded voyages are now a thing and they're going to be available as well as the items sold from uh, duke the dark lord until early january so i imagine once the team gets back we'll probably get the shrouded spoils ending and we may actually have some time between the next build round adventure so with the Gilded Voyages, if you guys haven't picked those up, make sure you do so. And hang on to them. Make sure you save them for a good time when you know you're going to have some valuable people to actually sail with you. Because these are nice. <laughs> these are very nice. So, with the cargo runs, you get 50 items that from one person. And you just have to take them to another person. It's great. Uh, if you get all of them... It's a hefty bit of change. Um, not a whole lot. I think it's around 37,000. Uh, it's 50 items at, let me see if I can do the math right now. So you get 50 uh, at 3K each. So, uh, no, is it 3K? No, I can't think of it. what it is. No, I can't remember. I'm sorry, guys. I thought I remembered how much the, the pristines give you. Regardless, um, I want to say that it's if it's 1,500, then that's 75,000. Yeah, so at least somewhere around in there. Um, anyway, with the Order of Souls, you get uh, eight islands with four captains each that give you uh, villainous skulls. And same thing with the with the captain's chests. You get a full a full list of uh, X marks the spots on the islands with the captain's chests, with the Athenas. Oh man, with the Athenas. And this is this has been something that I think a lot of people have really enjoyed. You get three Athenas chests at the end of your voyage, and typically, at least in my experience, you get two two islands. And each island has the mixture of the uh, merchant quests, the cargo, the order of souls, the the gold hoarders, X marks the spots, and the riddles, all on one. 
And then once you actually complete those two islands, then you get your, your last island, and that's where you get the three Athena's chests. So I had the the honor of going out and sailing with the Discord crew uh, from Keelhaul to be able to go out and do two of these. I did mine, and we did one other person's, and it was beautiful. Oh my gosh, it was completely uncontested we didn't have any problems whatsoever getting any of this and it was amazing it was so good to see uh all this this goal i think by the end of it we we traveled over to lone cove and we started to notice that all of this was kind of going on hand and i had one of the best moments where i i have to say usually when you go out you go out and you actually get the uh powder kegs and you line them up and you have a nice little go at it this was one of those moments where we were on the island and we blew up a powder keg or I blew up a powder keg skeleton. One went off and then another went off and then another went off and then three more went off and then a fourth and a fifth one went off all at once. It was just a large chain of powder keg skeletons. And when all was said and done and we were done freaking out and imagining just like how we had survived this and went and checked it out, there was this nice neat little pile of eight skeleton skulls all lined up next to each other and they were all just in a nice tidy little pile and all of our skeletons on that entire island had completely been killed off with one giant napalm strike that just incinerated all of these skeletons it was awesome it was probably one of the coolest things i've ever seen in the game and with that we grabbed the cargo uh and and left it on the beach because that's it's just easy to do that we we don't really want to take the risk and then we sailed over after getting the the uh, the the chests over to crooks hollow and crooks hollow had everything there as well too. it was literally split up four voyages on one and four voyages on the other and when we got done we went ahead and grabbed the uh, athena's chests and uh went over and got them all turned in and it was great it was it was amazing it was so much fun to actually get that done so we decided we were going to do another one and that was just as valuable too we actually went out and did a completely a whole nother uh voyage with uh the same crew and did a completely uh, a whole nother um, merchant alliance and or not a merchant alliance athena's uh, voyage and it was just as profitable and just as easy and by the end of the night we had actually pulled in probably over a hundred thousand uh not including like the krakens the megalodons that we killed the cursed ships that we sailed uh, and and destroyed as well as just the random shipwrecks and loot that we found on different islands it was great i i can't I can't stress to you just how great these uh, uh, gilded voyages have been to the point where if people aren't using these, they really should consider going and getting them because you can get a lot, a, a lot of gold from these. But be careful. And with the, uh, if you're looking to actually, um, if you're looking to actually get this uh, uh, and, and you want to hold on to it, that might actually be a good idea too. That might actually be something where you want to get it and you want to hang on to it till you're close to Pirate Legend. Then use that as a way to boost yourself that last little bit to get into Pirate Legend. We had some Pirate Legends uh, happen over this last um the last uh, probably the last couple of weeks in the community and it's been great to see them because the the skeleton forts have been giving out all of that that the super keg as well as the ancient bone dust and just oh, so much so much loot right now out in the world just for your taking the the mermaid statues offer loot the kraken offers loot the megalodons offer loot so much stuff out there is giving you treasure and it's great because you don't you don't feel like you're not missing out on anything you can literally step foot out of the tower 
tavern, jump into your ship with a couple pockets, pocket full of uh, items, and manage to get a fair amount of treasure in a short amount of time. And the reason I'm bringing up how much time you can get is, is or how much gold you can get in a short amount of time, ties into the the fact that with the uh, with the arena coming out, a lot of people have been concerned about playtime sessions, making sure that they're getting the most out of their time when they're actually playing. And the the arena is kind of focused in on giving you that 30-minute experience where you're getting PvP and PvE all in one. It's not going to be a battle royale per se. That's not what they're focusing on it being. But they're giving you the quintessential trip through Sea of Thieves as if it was like a, a Disneyland park ride, as if as if all you wanted to do was find out what a pirate meant, what a pirate did, and then what a pirate uh, uh, was to, to the rest of the world. And they're they're kind of concentrating it all into the arena and saying, like, look, this is exactly what Sea of Thieves is at its best and giving it to people in 30-minute increments. You, you hop in the beginning of the ride, you ride around, you see all the sights, and when you get back out, you're like, wow, that was awesome. Let's go again. And you jump right back into that line. And that's kind of what the arena is going to be for, for Sea of Thieves, I think. I think that's going to be what a lot of people want out of it. And I think it's going to be great for streamers as well, too. So with the Captain's Log, it's short because it was a couple weeks old. Uh, so I don't remember the full details of it. I just remember having the best time of my life, being able to get so much treasure with uh, so many good pirates this week, and to to have the little Christmas music in the in the um, the little decorations in the inn with all the holly and the garland and, and you know just the the nice little kind of jingle bells tone to all the the tunes and stuff. It's been such a wonderful month in Sea of Thieves, and and it's. It's been the one little bit of respite that I've had uh, from from all the the trouble that I've been having this this month, and I can't think of a better way to to express my gratitude than to thank Rare, uh, you know, Joe, thank you, Mike, John, Shelley, Andrew, uh, James, like everyone, I, everyone out there, just thank you for putting your time and effort into this. Craig, I I can't name everyone, but I I want you all to know if you're listening to this, Cameron, how much I appreciate you all for for talking with me, for working with me, for inviting me in, and for building a game that gives me so much joy, so much. Uh, love and 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 uh, appreciation for what having an experience in a game can be that doesn't require me to read uh you know a, a tutorial to to have to min max to to understand skill trees to to be able to understand like action points and and you know timing everything is all about feel in that game and it's such a good feeling to to be able to play a game that is is immersive as it is um i am creating my own pirate legend adventure and i am creating my own my own story and while while my story may not be as interesting as as others out there who are a lot more creative with their giant hulls and their their decorations uh it's it's one that i know is special to me because every time i go out i have fun and that's all that matters is is if i'm having fun uh because that's what you know that's what gaming is about we're we're meant to, to have a good time we're meant to enjoy each other's company and if that's not happening then you have to find fun somewhere else and it's one of those things that i never thought looking at this game and thinking how far into the future uh, I would be playing this, that I'd still be this obsessed with it um, all the way into the end of the month uh, back when it came out. And I can't wait to find out how I feel at the end of 2019 when there's so much more to this game that's coming. Um, and with that, I think it's time to move on to the next topic. 
right, pirates. So next item on today's list, let's talk about something outside of Sea of Thieves for a moment, because as we go into next year, there's going to be some competition. And it's not necessarily competition as far as what Sea of Thieves is, but it's going to be other pirate games. And I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Atlas and eventually Skull and Bones. Uh, with Atlas, it was a rocky launch. In fact, it's still a pretty rough launch as far as early access games go. Um, I've played a few early access games. I've played betas before, and they always have trouble uh, when, with getting started. In fact, it was something that a lot of people had trouble with the scale tests in Sea of Thieves, kind of how that led up to launch and being able to log in, uh, especially on day one. So with Atlas, um, a lot of people have kind of pushed it off and saying that it's, it's you know, it's arc it's not going to be good the community is bad the uh the the game is always going to be buggy and it's not going to be that well supported and i was thankful enough to get a copy uh thanks to the crow's nest for for reaching out and, and getting me a code uh so i got a chance to play a, a little bit of it last night and i gotta say that it is trying really hard to, to do right by the, uh, the the people that have keys they want to try and get this so that it's running that it's stable They've been working over the last 42 hours straight to try and make sure that the launch uh, is is something that is is good enough for people to not have problems with rubber banding, to not have problems logging in or getting booted. And all of this comes down to how does it play? Is it a good game? Is it something that people enjoy? Well, a lot of it comes down to how you like to play your pirate game. If this is something where it's an MMO, you want to level up your character. You want to increase stats. You want to build stuff. You want to craft. You want to have your own uh, uh, place to stay. Then this may be a good game for you to check out. Is it worth the $25 for the early access? Right now, no. I would hold off. In fact, I would hold off for a while because they've got a, lot of, a long way to go for this early access, and it's going to be interesting to see. Some of the interesting things that people did find was that this is kind of a skin on top of Primordial Arc. In fact, there's uh, menus that are hidden at the beginning of the game. If you use a controller, you can press down until you get below the uh uh, exit and originally you were able to um, access an arc menu and they eventually patched that out but you can still open a, a button that's that's hidden from the game that takes you to primordial arc on the steam store so yes this is kind of a skin of a new game and they want to build this into a pirate game and you start out kind of going around uh, punching trees. Uh, that's if you can get out of the town right now. The server's pretty rough. So if you can get out of town, then you're going to be going out and you're going to be punching trees to gather wood until you can gather stones and flint and start building tools. And you're really kind of crafting your, your pirate from the very beginning. You literally have nothing. And as you go along, you're going to be gathering supplies, gathering food, gathering water. You need to dig for water to be able to drink you know, from a spring. Uh, you need to be able to kill animals. And it's it's kind of putting survival games in a light that may be appealing to people that like to go out and sail. But don't mistake yourself if you want to get this game and you want to have a Sea of Thieves experience because that's not what you're going to find. In fact, you're going to find a game that is going to ask you to do a lot before you ever, ever get ch a chance to actually sail. And if you do sail, the first thing you're going to be sailing on is a raft. So a lot of the stuff that they put out in the trailer is very end-game stuff. And it's going to be a while before anyone actually sees that. So 
I don't think anyone should get into it early access. I think the people that are dedicated to the game already know that they're going to be playing it and are willing to put in that effort. But from the get-go, aside from the server issues that they've already had, this is not the type of game that you want to pick up if you want to look for something that's similar to Sea of Thieves, because I think it's going to be a very different type of game, at least in the beginning. And to get to the point where you can jump into a ship, where you can man your own ship with other people and have your own hideout and hoard treasure and stuff like that is going to take a lot of time and a lot of dedication. So I'm going to continue to keep di diving into it here and there to be able to see how far I can get. I know the Crow's Nest is going to be covering it a lot as well, too. And I'll definitely be helping promote him, Captain J, in his efforts to kind of keep people informed of the game as well. That being said, looking into the future when we get Skull and Bones, it's going to be a completely different game as well too. Where it's going to be more about having a ship and using the ship in kind of a World of Battleships type game. Where you're uh, fighting against other pirates and their ships. You, you won't have individual people on your ship working together the way you do with uh, Sea of Thieves. And anyone that's kind of checked out Skull of Bones has seen that it's a lot more realistic, but it's a lot more based off of uh, Ubisoft's game Assassin's Creed Black Flag, something that I have yet to play, but is on the shelf that I have now with all my PS4 games that are sitting around uh, waiting for me to get time away from Sea of Thieves to actually play them. I think that's going to do it as far as Atlas goes. Uh, so far, I can't really say if it's good or bad because I haven't gotten to play it and see how I can't. I can't really say if it's good or bad because the, the amount of time that I spent into it has been so hindered by other issues that it hasn't really shown its weaknesses as a game itself. Just that the servers aren't prepared for the um, onslaught of people with keys going to actually get it. And this is something that's barely been made available to the, the public through early access on Steam as well too. So hold off on this. I'll keep you guys updated if it looks like it's getting better. As it is, I still think it's going to be a large time investment for people to get into uh, before they actually get an opportunity to, quote unquote, be a pirate. All right, pirates, been a while since I've done one of these, but it's time for another First Mate's Log. And this week, we come with Zup from the crew of the Erie that gave us a tale back from December 9th. Zup writes in to say, last night I hopped on with my buddy, Old Man Platko. As we left the tavern, there he was, the Skull Fort Cloud floating right above the outpost. So we headed over there and proceeded to send waves of skeletons back to their graves. Just as the captain spawned, I met an unexpected death from a gunpowder skeleton. When I came back to life, I caught the outline of a galleon hiding behind a rock just north of the fort. I turned the sloop for a quick getaway and told my buddy, once the captain is dead, grab the key and hop on. We've got a galleon camping. He kills the captain and hops on the sloop as I drop sails. The galleon leaves their position and makes a beeline towards us. Then my buddy yells, Raise the sails! The key isn't here anymore! I set it down on the bottom deck and then I heard a splash and now it's not here. So I go down below to inspect and he was right. It was gone. As I arrived back up top, I noticed the galleon was inching closer. So I told him to keep his course as I fired myself back to where our sloop was docked at the fort. Sure enough, there was the key bobbing in the waves. I grabbed it and started swimming south. A mermaid tried in intercepting me a couple times until I found a giant rock. As I came up for air, I saw the back end of the galleon disappearing behind the rock. I decided to swim the same direction until I found a slope that I could swim up on. 
I ran to the top of the rock, dropped the key just as I saw the Jolly Rancher flag peek over the tip of the rock. I jumped into the water and caught a mermaid. As I arrived back to my ship, I watched as the galleons circled the fort until they faded away into the horizon. We decided to drop a few voyages and waste some time until another fort popped up. After digging up some chests, killing a Meg, and defeating a skelly ship, we decided to head back to the fort just to see if the key was still there. Sure enough, the galleon was gone, but our key was still chilling at the top of the rock where I had left it. Poseidon was on our side. We called it a night. We had two skelly ships, two Megs, three forts, and one kraken under our belts. We raised our grogs and cheered to the fantastic night on the Sea of Thieves. Zup, thank you for that awesome story. Thank you very much. If you have a good story and you want to share it with me, feel free to do so. You don't always have to be in the Discord to send me these stories, too. You can always send them via email. You can always email me at C-A-P-T underscore, uh, no, excuse me, C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to me, you can always do so as well on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. That is also the uh, the name that you can find me on Twitch when I am streaming. I don't get to stream often, but when I do, it's typically Sea of Thieves, and I'm typically out there sailing. So, as we move on, I think it's time for some spoilers. You guys want some spoilers? I think it's time for some spoilers. <laughs> All right, pirates, it's time for some Sea of Thieves spoilers. It's been a while since we've gotten some stuff, and I've actually kind of rehashed some of the stuff that we've had in the past. But now we've gotten a brand new dump, and they've put it on a file. So let's actually take a look at some of this stuff going up and talk about what you can expect. A lot of this stuff is stuff that will be in the game, hopefully eventually. They put in the assets, so we don't know when it's going to be put in. But I can at least talk to you about what some of the different themes are that we're getting and describe some of the things that I'm seeing. If you're in the Discord, check out the Sea of Thieves spoiler section. You'll see this dump in there. And uh, as far as I can tell, it's uh, all stuff that has been, been put out there. But I always don't recommend doing this because it breaks the terms of service. And if people are going to put it out there, it's my job to tell you about it, but not necessarily out the person that did it. To be honest, I don't even know who it is. If this wasn't enough uh, uh, preface for me saying that I'm going to be talking about spoilery stuff, then I don't know what is. I, I think I just talked for the last minute and a half about how I'm going to be talking about spoilers. So if you don't want to listen, this is it. This is the end of the show. You don't have to worry about going anywhere else, checking anything, skipping forward. That's it. Don't worry about it. Go ahead and end the episode now, and you can explore this stuff when it actually comes out. That being said, some of the stuff that we're getting is cosmetics. In fact, it's all cosmetics. That's all we really get. It's um, going to be a lot of variations on different stuff. Uh, right now, the, the easiest thing I can point out is going to be some of the cosmetic changes. And a lot of this is tint changes that are going to be put in the game for Pirate Legends uh, and for Athena's. Right now, I'm looking at the ghostly garbs, and we're getting a green and white variety of these. Uh, same style, same look, but the uh, garbs are all either a uh, an olive green or a, a white color 
for those. And as well as the uh, the the legend stuff, it looks like pirate legends can expect to start getting different um, color variations for the pirate legend garb. This is something that a lot of people have said that they've wanted, and it looks like we're going to be getting it. So they're going to be giving us a silver version of the pirate legend garbs. So the uh, the the look is everything still the same, but it's just all a silver hue as opposed to the gold. Some of the other things we're going to be getting is a vast number of different jackets, uh, shirts. It looks like some of these are actually going to be uh, more Asian themed, uh, as well as some more open jackets and some vests. There are a lot of color variations to the different hooks and peg legs. Uh, and it looks like we're finally gonna be getting some proper tri-corner uh, pirate hats. Uh, some of these look like they are straight out of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, which is amazing. And it looks like we're going to get some different skull cap and bandanas for uh, the pirates that like wearing just like that bandana or the skull cap on there. Um, there's going to be a lot of variations in colors uh, for the gloves as well as the pants. Uh, eye patches, there's the, the typical uh, uh, eye patch with the gemstone in it. We're going to be getting very varying colors of the gemstone as well. And it looks like we're going to be getting a variant on the uh, card eye patch as well um, that's going to have the heart on it. Those are some of the major changes. We're getting some new boots coming in as well that look great. Uh, I'm looking forward to those. Uh, they look more like standard kind of um, musketeer kind of uh, uh, boots. I, I don't really know how to describe it. And we're getting some different themed sets. Uh, I'm not sure when these themes are going to be coming, but I knew that there are liveries out in the world right now, or out in the, in the, the actual data that's going to be uh, represented with this as well. One of the scents is a fish set. Uh, it kind of looks like the whaling barnacle scent, but it's all kind of geared around fish. Uh, and I'm wondering if that has something to do with actual fishing. There's a, a fish that is the hook. Uh, there's a, a belt buckle that has a fish on it. The eye patch is a barnacle. The, uh, the, the, the jacket looks like, very similar to the whaling barnacle set, something that you can't get anymore that I think people will enjoy having uh, now that we have the whaling barnacle liveries. Uh, with them. So if they missed out on that, Captain Jorvik, I'm talking to you. You can still get some of these new uh, liver or some of these new um, clothing cosmetics to kind of go with that whaling barnacle set. One of the other sets, and probably one of the best looking sets that I've seen come out of it, deals with this rose uh, set. Now, this is something that we have seen kind of the uh, person holding the um, string instrument. I'm just going to call it a guitar. Uh, I, don't, I don't know actually know what it's called, but this is the rose set that has kind of the roses around it. This is probably one of the coolest looking sets that I've seen. It has uh, very high boots with uh, a lot of elaborate uh, kind of embellishments on the actual boot with some roses on it, and the gloves have roses on it, and it's really well done. It's probably one of the fanciest uh, suits that I've actually seen in the game and the, the actual dress itself looks to be an actual short dress not a long dress this might actually be one of the short first short dresses I've seen in the game we're also going to get the parrot set uh, the parrot set has really really awesome kind of feather flourishes on the belt buckle as well as the eye patch uh, there's a special set of eye patches that look like a pirate's or a parrot's head with the beak and uh, a gemstone for its eye we're also getting some nice uh, feathery kind of jackets that will 
be paired well with a hooks that look like they are pirate or a um, claws or talons from a, a parrot that are kind of wrapped around kind of like an eagle's talons and it looks like there's multiple variations of the color sets too it looks like we're getting a gold a bronze and a silver set of them and that makes me wonder if maybe these aren't ranking sets uh, that are going to be put into the game with the arena something that is kind of indicative of you know where did you rank um, or, or what rank are you in in the arena to grant you the higher or lower color variations of the different things like you know uh, will you be able to unlock uh, certain types of items based on how well you place in a match in the arena and what you have access to based on that ranking to be able to get some of these different styles of gear we're also getting a crab variant set it looks like the ocean crawler set but there's a blue orange and a red purple variant of these types of of this theme and it looks like uh, those are, are just the two different variations right now that we're seeing uh, there's also a variation on the cursed cruise uh, equipment there's a, a a brown and gold and then a green and gold variant on those uh, like the compass the watch the concertinas the drums the lanterns the shovels the hurdy-gurdies the speaking trumpets but it looks like these are going to be tied into a set of liveries. Uh, the liveries are interesting themselves because uh, one of them is a orange and brown with a dead fish over water uh, livery. And that's kind of interesting. It, uh, th there's another one that is a brown and green set with a boar skull on it, uh, very long tusks on it. And it's and it's kind of interesting because it, it makes me wonder if these are going to be something that is just thrown into the game as uh, different variants or different styles or if they're going to be tied into any kind of event that actually happens if this is going to be something that actually pushes players to start uh taking out some of these aggressive boars that we've been seeing paintings of for different islands and seeing whether or not that's actually something that's going to be coming around uh we're also going to be getting a variant colors on the kraken sets we're going to be getting a brown and green set as well as a uh, gray and red set as well too so same style same iridescence on the on the sets themselves but the color variations are are coming as well as uh, with those as well so it's really great to see all these different things and we're also getting uh, more information about what the content creator stuff is going to be coming out now a while back I talked about how content creators are supposed to be getting special stuff to represent them in the world so that people know that they're a content creator and right now the the first things that I found in the data files are uh, flags that pertain to different types of uh, content creation. So with um, with the flags, one of them is a uh, paintbrush uh, crossed against a, a sword, and that's for the artists. Uh, crafters have a skull with a pair of scissors underneath of it in, in lieu of the, uh, the Jolly Roger. Uh, you have a skeleton with a uh, guitar playing music for the musicians out there. You have a, uh, a framed photo of a galleon for the photographers. For the streamers, you have uh, an all-seeing eye. And then for the writers, there's two quills uh, crossed uh, across each other. Um, nothing for podcasters, I noticed. Nothing for, for the, uh, the audio files. Uh, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm, I'm a streamer. Yeah, that's fine. That's, that, I'm going to move on. i got to move on. So as far as the different 
cosmetics. We're getting a lot of different clothing, and it looks like we're going to be getting some clothing or some hair and some different beards as well, as well too. In uh, in one case in point, uh, we're actually getting a, a bald guy, a bald guy with a lot of uh, long hair in the back around the sides. Um, I don't I don't think I'm going to be sporting this. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of the uh, the the monk hairdo. Uh, that being said, we're also getting one that kind of looks like the Stitcher Jim haircut as well, too. Uh, it looks like we're getting one that is a bun in the back and one that could be easily confused for Goku. Uh, there's also one with straight bangs as well, too. I don't know if that's intended to be a male or a female one, uh, but they're definitely getting out there as far as the different types of, of hairstyles that we're getting in uh, in the in the future. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I'm leaving out. Uh, there's a really nice couple sets out there that are just variants on sets that we currently have as far as like the, the Sea Dogs, the um, Admiral sets. That's about it. Uh, it's it's a, a huge amount of uh, stuff to dig through and, and try and parse out what's currently in the game, what's not currently in the game. That being said, I, I think the hats are the the one thing that I'm really looking forward to uh, outside of the Silver Pirate Legend gear. I think those are going to be really awesome uh, to, to actually try out and mix out with some different stuff. There's one peg leg in here that's the Kraken peg leg that is uh, red and black that just looks absolutely amazing. And then you also get a couple of these uh, open vests that are just the sleeveless open vests that look like uh, something that a, a, a typical pirate you'd see on a ship walking around with and there's also a bilge rat tankard in here which is awesome it has the uh, the actual crest of the bilge rat with a number one and i'm wondering if maybe that is a uh, a one year anniversary for the bilge rat uh adventures that that will be coming later on in the game's lifespan or if that's just going to be uh, a rank up for for bilge rat content there's also variants on the actual uh weapons that we're getting and there's one that's coming out that is really interesting that kind of has uh, my eye on it because it's um, it looks like a cutlass, but it's a very straight edge blade, uh, something that actually looks more like a katana than anything else, but a broad katana. Uh, with It still has a hilt, which is interesting, um, but it's it's there's just some very interesting different weapons coming out, and I'm wondering if some of these are associated with the with the uh, the, the arena, or if this is something that's going to be coming on down the line. But but the one thing that I did notice is that the fish set seems to have a very, very distinct kind of gold, silver, and bronze uh, kind of layout. So there's there's like different grades that you can pick from these. And I'm wondering if that has something to do with uh, the arena itself. So that's it as far as the, uh, the cosmetic dump that we got. There's a lot to look at and absorb. And a lot of this is stuff that are just variants, but there's some stuff coming that I think looks great. And I guess we'll just have to find out more. If the Rose set deals with Valentine's Day and St. Valentine and, and doing an event for a build round adventure that's revolved around doing that uh, leading up to, to February. And uh, we'll just have to find out if the arena is going to have different types of cosmetics dependent on how you do in the actual arena and whether or not you're going to be locked out of certain color variations based on how your performance is in the actual arena. I think that's going to do it, guys. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, I haven't put this all together yet to see how long it is, but I'm sure those of you that like the long episodes will be 
pleasantly surprised to have something longer than uh, 15 minutes uh, for, for this episode. Thank you again, Pirate. All right, Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode of Keelhauled. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're happy that something's uh, in, in place of an actual episode. You're getting actual content. Uh, I did get one review this uh, last couple weeks that I wanted to reach out and say that EA Prof uh, wrote in and says, uh, A merry pirate band, ahoy, Captain Logan, has created an entertaining podcast that is a welcome respite in between voyages. He's carefully crafted and mix of stories, information, tips, and thoughts each week with authentic excitement and an added bonus is the community of pirates that he's gathered around him listen to the podcast and join the community ea prof thank you very much uh i really appreciate you taking the time to write that review if you haven't done a review definitely take it into consideration i read them all good or bad uh it's it's the best way that i can get other pirates interested i've had a lot of pirates let me know that they found the the show actually on spotify which has been great to see that that's actually uh in the works and that's been helping out find uh finding people to actually get them more information about the game so they can focus on staying in touch with the game but also uh, enjoying the other games that are out there as well too without necessarily having to keep up to date on Sea of Thieves all the time with the stuff. Let me take care of that for you. I'm going to be your number one stop for Sea of Thieves news, stories, and, uh, and, and just general speculation, I guess. So if you enjoyed this, consider doing a review. If not, feel free just to reach out to me. You can always hit me up on email, C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. You can always reach me on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N that's my Twitch handle as well, too. Feel free to touch base with me in the game. Uh, you can always talk to me at C-A-P-T-A-I-N-L-O-G-U-N. That's my gamer tag. While I don't always get to sail with everyone in the that, that reaches out to me, I do appreciate that everyone reaches out to me. And with that being said, Pirates, thank you. I love you. You mean the world to me. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.